Rain or shine, it's here to make you laugh. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. And now your host, Kyle Rush. Anyways, we'll just jump right in. Let's do it. Welcome to the Steamboat Comedy Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Shit Again, Kyle Ruff, joined by Drew McElhenney. Say hello. Ahoy, hoy. And special guest, Mr. Matt Ruby. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Thanks for coming out, man. Sure. So we just got done, had a couple shows this weekend. I do a little recap here on how the how the whole weekend went. What was your, uh, what was your quick uh, overview of events this weekend. Fun shows, good times. You got a hot thing going here and uh, some, some good time skiing. My first time ever skiing out west here in the Rockies, so that was nice to uh, have that adventure. I hadn't been skiing in like decades, so it was a whole uh, getting my legs under me kind of thing. Yeah. But it, like there's a whole muscle memory thing, so yeah. uh, it felt like it came back to me eventually. And then, yeah, just sort of interesting to check out Steamboat, be here and you know get the vibe on the town and all the, the tourists and the locals and what's happening. Yeah, the stoners, the skiers, the what are the what are the other people here doing? That's pretty much it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's some looks now and again. I don't know, drug but addicts, but they're still stoned. And yeah, yeah, there's. I mean, they're all stoned, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, right on, man. It was cool. Yeah, the skiing it it comes back to you pretty quick, but what doesn't is the muscles that you use to do it. So right, it's, yeah, it's no, a different level hurting, of sore. I was hurting yesterday, like just like the quads. I'm like, oh god. yeah dude i was hurt i mean i do it every day and uh the ride out so we finally got some snow saturday which was nice for it because we've been on like a a snow drought but at the end of the so it brought so many people out on saturday that like by the time i got off work i was skiing back at like 4 15 4 30 and it was just the it was just decimated it's push piles (laughs) man i hate push piles oh well it's push push piles and then uh Underneath the push piles was all the ice that sure. had been there forever. So it was like a giant. Everything was a mogul field, but just like ice patches in between. So yeah. I was I was hurting. On and the there's down. like you know zero visibility earlier in the day, so you just sort of like feeling your way around. Yeah, I'm ski like, by oh, braille. Okay. Yeah, this is this is. I'm using my sixth sense to go down these slopes. The, yeah, right. the and white I'm wiping womb. Out. <laughs> yeah, the white womb of death. Yeah, it's bad. When you're out there on like tomahawk or whatever, and it's literally you can't, it's pure vertigo. You're just like, whoa, am I upside down right now? <laughs> yeah. like, am I in the yeah, snow? Yeah, you can't see anything. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I have a, I bought clear lenses, which are uh, fantastic. I'd recommend it to anybody. But even with my clears on, I couldn't see shit yeah. yesterday. So like, even you know, any kind of tint or anything wouldn't even help you with such bad visibility, which sucks because it's like. It was like relatively sunny too, so you're like, "Oh, it's probably not too bad." Then you get out there and you're like, "Why? Why am I blind? Why can't I see anything?" <laughs> but you should be proud of yourself because you kept going. Whereas, uh, our are you talking about comedy or skiing? Skiing. <laughs> okay, yeah, skiing. just making sure. Yeah, <laughs> the one thing you do actually pretty good, the skiing part. No, I'm just messing. Yeah, with you. yeah. Um, that was good. Our former, <laughs> uh, our, the the guy we had before you. He took one oh, run. Oh, Bruce? Yeah. Yeah, Bruce out of L.A. He, t- he took one run and then decided he, he was going to drink and smoke weed and ride the gondola right. all day. That's, <laughs> That's, not, bad. He just That's did, not bad. Yeah, he just did loops and drinking and, and smoking. And they got that little roller coaster at the beginning of the mountain. Yeah. I could see if you got enough weed in you. You're like, all right, just, I'm just going to ride around on this thing all day. <laughs> <You just laughs> he laps on the coaster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that gets expensive, unfortunately. Yeah. I guess I've only rode it once, and it was, it was all right. It's okay as long as you don't get some little... Nancy in front of you that's hitting brakes all the way down. Yeah. Like it's they should just take the brakes off that. Yeah. It's a just, coaster. Just it's deal with like it. Like a roller coaster. Yeah. Roller coasters don't have brakes. Yeah. And you're it, not gonna come off of it. No. So. <laughs> so they should just it should just like click at the top and just be natural gravity should just take you. There were no brakes, no nothing. But right. Yeah, we're going and and when it's done, we're done. Yeah, because traffic yeah. jams happen on that thing, man. You get like one lady going real slow and all of a sudden there's like seven cars and everybody's just going down real slow. Sometimes they'll they usually let you go again if that happens. How many times have you rode it? I got kids, oh, so I've done it sense. a few times. <laughs> I was going to say, you're like quite the expert. Yeah, I, I, I've done the mini golf course many times, too. <laughs> oh, is the mini golfer actually sweet or not? It's actually a nice course. It needs more shade. Yeah. It's a nice course, but we don't need to talk about mini golf. <laughs> I had an idea of uh, I had an idea for like a dumb video to do where we all play mini golf, but whoever gets like the lowest... Whoever gets last in each hole has to like drink a sh- like an airplane shooter, oh, and then we just see who's, who can make it to the end. <laughs> That'd be interesting, <laughs> could actually. Be a, could be a good video, or we'll just die of alcohol poisoning. One of two. Yeah. 
As if we need more reasons I, to drink in Steamboat Springs. I think we've trained long enough that we'd be able to handle a couple. Of <laughs> I think so. Yeah, my nephew loves mini golf, and like so, I've wound up playing way too much over the past few years, and he's like super competitive about it too. It's like you can't be that aggro about being like a mini golf champion, you know? Yeah, right. It's just like, dude, you know the course. That's all that's happening here. You've done this before. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you can do one phase of golf. Yeah, <laughs> relatively, and well. it involves knowing where the holes in the windmill are. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love mini golf. It's been too long. Well, just to clear something up, too, for our listeners, if they listen to the last podcast, my name is not Kurt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, it's true. I'm not Kurt. Let's just make that yeah, clear right Bruce, away. Yeah, Bruce, I was going to say, Bruce, yeah, he didn't ski, and it's like, fine, I want people to do whatever they want to do, but, like, it's such a hassle for me. Like, I bring comics in, I got to, like, go to, like, the ticket office and get them special tickets and, like, get them gear and get them, like, helmets and all this stuff and, like, rentals. And comedians are children. We're babies. We need hand-holding yeah. every step of the way. <laughs> they, like, hold their hand and, like, walk yeah, them over. Yeah. Like, this is a pole. You need two of these. Yeah. But then, yeah, he do go through all of that and he takes, like, one lap and he's like, ah, I'm going to smoke weed. And I was like, I could have just done nothing. <laughs> I just not done any of that. Totally. Got you a foot passenger <laughs> ticket. Did he do, like, a lesson or anything or? No, I offered him a lesson because it's like a if you're not from here, it's like a big mountain. It's a little intimidating. You're just yeah. like if you don't know how to ski at all, like you, I could see someone be like, ah. yeah. And it's also the conditions are kind of have been rough for right. a while. And well, I was lucky too because I have friends out here, so like they kind of showed me the ropes and like yeah. took me around the mountain, helped me figure stuff out. So right. that was a good like kind of a uh, entry program. So right. I wasn't just on my own, being like, ah, I'm on oops, the <laughs> black diamonds. Uh, how did this happen? I'm rolling down <laughs> vortex right. Uh, I need to be steered towards why not. That that, that was my favorite trail. Why not is just the green dot that slowly goes back and forth down the whole mountain. I'm like, this is where I am. And also my philosophy on life. So perfect. All right. Uh, Why not? That was my, that's like my nightmare run is why not? Because I have kids. So I spent, Oh, you're on it all the time. I spent about six years on why not? I'm not on anymore, but (laughs) it was brutal. And and, in a snowplow the whole way down. So my feet would be cramping at the end of the day. Well, that's what I realized. Like the most dangerous thing isn't the mountain. It's the kids (laughs) because that when they wipe out, they don't wipe out in a straight line. They'll just all of a sudden veer at a 90 degree angle, (laughs) like right in front of you. You're like, what dude, I'm going to go over the edge. Just trying not to hit your five-year-old. But I feel like, you know, once, you know, if they're in traffic, you just got to go run over them, right? I've picked, uh, yeah. I've picked you just a gotta, kid up. I've actually... You just scooped him? Yeah, scooped him <laughs> up before I hit him. You know, I was like, whoa, and then you step back down. Yeah, that's, it's sketchy. That's The other people, I'm way more afraid of other people than sure. any run or yeah. any tree. Absolutely. I was skiing down. I was going down Rudy's, like right when you get off the gondola, it's like a blue kind of to the left. And I was just, just starting out, and I'm maybe like 20 feet down the hill, and all of a sudden... Uh, a loose snowboard goes through my feet, like just right through it. And I was like, whoa. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, shit, I need to stop this thing. So I start like skating, going fast, trying to catch it. And sure enough, there's this one old dude, maybe like 150 yards down. And he's just doing like the slow pizza back and forth. No one else within like, you know, probably 200 yards, any other direction, this one guy. And I was like, Please don't, please don't hit that one guy. And of course, like a like a heat seeking missile just blasts this dude, <laughs> and he he rolled over and was like, "Where am I? Yeah, what happened?" <laughs> yeah, and I had to like chase. I did then after that, it kept going, so I had to chase down the snowboard. And sure enough, three little kids come up behind me and they're like, "Sorry about that." And so I like I just gave him a lecture <laughs> for about five minutes I'm sure on that safety. Worked. Yeah, I'm sure they probably like fuck off, old dude. And then they kept going and. <laughs> Yeah, I don't wear a helmet because of skiing or trees or anything. I wear a helmet for walking through the gondola square. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Because people are like, hey, what's that over there? Clack, right yeah. inside of the they head. spin around oh, and skis. just, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm glad mm-hmm. I had my helmet on for that. Like a Three Stooges sketch. Yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time. Oh, think. yeah. Especially when there's a band playing down there. Did, was the band playing when you got done? Uh, yesterday, Saturday. Did you watch a little end. bit of it? No, I was done. Uh, <laughs> I was done. <laughs> I, I was like, that. Also, we had the show. I was just like, just take me home and like let me get these goddamn boots off. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who was playing yesterday? Somebody good? Uh, the Dirt Diggers or something like that. Out dirt of, Diggers? Something like that out of uh, Humboldt County, California. Uh, they, my parents used like to live a, there. All right. Yeah, yeah. Did they, were they of, also Dirt Diggers? No, they had out in Humboldt County. It's a bunch of timber people and fish fans. And uh, yeah, weed growers. 
and yeah, yeah. weed, the really good weed. Before weed was like legalized everywhere, it Humboldt was pretty much was, legal there. Yeah, Humboldt was <laughs> there's bushes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's I used like to... perfect climate for it. it's like the most moderate temperature in the whole country. It's like always between like 38 and 54 degrees all year. Okay, is that close to uh, Willits, California? You know where that is? I don't. It's it's just south of Oregon on the coast. Okay, so, so that's like far Eureka. North. Yeah. Okay, I I went. I had a buddy of mine who lived in Willits, which is probably. It was closer to like the redwoods, I guess, more like two thirds of the way same up. Area. Yeah, but it was yeah similar climate. And he was he was telling me we went to the bar and there was just like all these like nasty wooks, just white kids with dreads all over the place. And he was like, I hate these goddamn trimmigrants. <laughs> I was like, what? It's like an immigrant who comes in just to trim weed. These oh, fucking trimigrants. <laughs> you live with those? Yeah, I do. Now you live with trimigrants. Well, but they they already trimigrated. Personally, <laughs> permanently. So, so now a wook. This, is a, this is a term I haven't heard I've before. Never heard, I've never heard of wook. So a wook is like a, like a wookie from Star Wars. You know, I don't know if that's actually the origin or the etymology of that, but it's uh, it's they're just dirty, like like the people kind of people who go to like fat like fish fest, fish festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, white, and white dudes with dreads. White dudes with dreads, okay. really smelly. Yeah. They like sublime and they like fish, and they usually have gauges in their ears. They're gross. Clothes are usually gotcha. pretty baggy. Yeah. And then there's woodsy. So, some tattoos? Uh, yeah, probably, maybe, yeah, yeah, some probably. tattoos. Probably more piercings. The gauges, the gauges I never understood. Tribal tattoos probably more. And then uh, there's yeah, woodsies. Get... Woodsies are mm. kind of the same thing, but they live in the woods. They're the type of people that are kind of they're like homeless, Okay. but they choose to live in the I woods. I think we say housing insecure now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe in big Unhoused so I, I guess they're forest insecure. They're forest secure, housing insecure, <laughs> I guess is the way to put they're it. Very forest secure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sleep in the woods. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of a woodsy. Yeah, it's more of a uh, San Juan. Down near Telly Ride, Durango, Southern Colorado, where it's a little bit warmer. Ah. You'd be it'd be miserable to be a woodsy up here. Yeah, you'd be a frozen woodsy. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Be a woodsicle. But it, they're I mean, they they're cold down there too, but it's a little different climate. But yeah, gotcha. woodsies. That's popular down in Telly Ride. A lot of woodsies. You see them come in into town, buy their shit, or get raid the free box. They have a free box in Telly Ride, mm-hmm. and so they come and raid the free box of anything that's any use of them and then they go back up into the woods the free box like at the resort like a lost and found it's kind of like that but it's downtown and on, on like on one, on one of the side streets just off main street and it's just like you can just put anything in there and, and something from woodsy will yeah, come we, and take it back to his we had, a, we had a bong in our house that we'd gotten out of the free box it just needed <laughs> a little work they have those in New York now too just like a fridge like on a corner in Brooklyn where people like drop off food and like whatever you want take it kind yeah. of thing it's just like alright so we're all just sort of borderline homeless now that's, that's our life that we're, we're living. Homeless cool. together. All right. You know, yeah. yeah. All right. How's New York like coming out of the pandemic? Uh, it's doing better now. I think it's like uh, I think springtime will be pretty ripe because it's like just wintertime kind of sucks there anyway. So like the, all the people who are in like Miami or Austin probably just stayed there. But I think springtime, a lot of people will come back. City's coming back to life. Feels a little bit younger now, which is kind of cool. I think kind of makes, everybody else died off. Well, <laughs> no, everyone who was like going to move out of the city in five or ten years just did it now. Okay. So yeah. you had this layer of you know people in both age and sort of money, you know, who like could go somewhere else who were just like, okay, well, screw this, we're out of here and then that opened it up for like some you know just fresh blood and so i think there's some exciting stuff happening uh but we'll see how it plays out i mean i think the big reveal is how much like of the city runs on tourists and then also office workers so the tourists will come back the worry i think is like offices just gone forever is that a thing that comes back do people do two days a week because there's just like a whole infrastructure set up around like feeding those people and and just like the whole neighborhoods around like office buildings and so like i think that's the question of like okay what happens you know with all that makes sense i mean there's in in so many cities like denver definitely has it where there's kind of like you see it a lot by the airport Whereas there's there's just a bunch of chain restaurants and it's next to like big office buildings and like corporate buildings like that and it's like if everyone's working from home what happens to that Chick Fil A or whatever yeah, yeah. I never thought about that yeah and I mean but I think there was some exaggerated like oh New York's dead kind of stuff and I I always thought that was BS because like I think New York is like an idea of like there's some like kid in Oklahoma who's like you know a teenage like yeah. gay dude who's a fashion designer and is like, dying to leave lights. his small town and yeah. go somewhere else yeah. and where is he going to go you know Miami or Austin or Nashville like he's still going to want to go to New York it's still going to mean something to people and so sure. I think I think that as like uh, an idea I feel like New York 
can never really die because it's the place that people who don't fit in wherever they are go to. It's the mecca for like the the outcasts or people who want to make it or, you know, artists or people who are just looking for, you know, something different than where they're from. So yeah. to me, on some level, if the city gets cheaper and all these like, you know, rich people move out and there's more affordable housing, it could actually be a good thing for the city because it was turned into a little bit of like VIP club in Manhattan. It's just like impossible for you know, artists to live there for like yeah. a band would never come out of like the Lower East Side again because it's all like condo buildings now. So right. I think, you know, sometimes there's a little bit, you know, there's just a little uh, things that get a little sketchy, a little dicey that can be good for like the energy of a city. You just don't want it to be at the point where it's like, okay, I'm scared to ride the subway after midnight. You know, that's the kind of stuff you want to avoid. So, right. so you're skating a line. That's interesting. What's um? So we just had Bruce Gray was here last time, and he was. We were talking about like what the comedy scene like is in L.A. Kind of coming out of COVID, and um, our old homie Mr. M.K. Paulson, yeah, was talking about it a lot too because he. So M.K. was a, a pro comic living in L.A. and he actually moved his steamboat because he was like, I need to change a pace, and sure. L.A. is pissing me off. And then he was here uh, for about two months and broke his ankle snowboarding and had to move back. But anyway, his insurance didn't work here. Yeah, oh, no. he had he had, Cal- he had California state insurance. Uh, L.A. sucked him back in. That's yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> just, just when you think you're out, they pull me back in. <laughs> L.A. is kind of like the mafia in that way. I can yeah. see that. Right, but you see, like the the spots are kind of weird because like a lot of the um, the venues aren't open like seven days a week like they used to be, and then also on top of that, uh, there's been a lot of like bored celebrities who have been like. I'm going to go try my hand at stand-up or like I used to it back in the day. I'm going to go do it again. And so uh, like a lot of spots for like the middle tier dudes like himself are just getting squeezed out and yeah. even like open mics are hard and stuff. Have you seen similar things like that in New York or not so much? Uh, not so much. I think LA and New York have different vibes. Definitely like all that celebrity type stuff is, it happens more there. New York is, you know, it's I, sometimes the analogy I use is like, you know, theater versus film. Yeah. Like, you know, for actors, like Hollywood is, you know, going to have more of the film actors where New York will have more of the stage actors. So, so, you know, and I think similar is true for comedians. It might not be people who are as famous but you know it's super talented people who are just like grinding away yeah um but we don't have like the celeb drop-in type stuff the way they do in la and i think they had you know kind of we had rougher pandemic out of the gate but then i think we managed it you know in a way that like comedy's been back in new york for like over a year pretty much at a consistent level with clubs open and everything you know firing and i feel like la seems like they've been masked up and a little more like comedy shows where people are wearing masks suck yeah. so so if, and i think that's been something that's happening there so if they're dealing with that like screw that yeah. um so but like i would say in new york that like things have been you know kind of i, I don't want to say normal but definitely like you know churning and going and also what you've had is like broadway was shut down for a while and stuff so like comedy was sort of like the only game in town if you did want to go out and like because live music also I think they had a lot of problems like booking tours, yeah. like, you know, people would book tours and then cancel them and all kinds of so like music venues and Broadway shows were kind of down. So then comedy, I think, became more of a draw because like there wasn't that much that many other options on the menu. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, we've got a show that we do on Wednesday nights that's uh, at New York Comedy Club that's been sold out a lot lately and just going well. So it's like I think New York has been doing pretty well comedy wise, I think. The rest of New York, I'm not sure, is like it's come back full throttle yet. But yeah. like I said, I think in the spring, maybe that's that's when things come back to life. Right on. I think comedy kind of needs like like what rap had in the 90s. I think we need a little West Coast, East Coast little battle going on. <laughs> I, I mean, think you guys need to start talking a little trash I back mean, and forth. New, New Yorkers definitely talk trash about L.A. Yeah, comedians, yeah. for sure. Yeah. We, need, we need to get it more ramped up into the public I mean, eye. if you really like jokes that end in applause breaks instead of laughs, then L.A. is the place to go. <laughs> oh! How about that? There Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> so true. I hate applause comedy. That's such a thing now. And yeah, I, it's LA. Really? Because I, I'd kill for an applause. <laughs> <laughs> a laugh or anything. I'd kill for it. She's like, just make noise, please. I'm here. I'm I was, trying. I was just going for the moans and groans last night. <laughs> <laughs> you got that one down. I do have that one down. <laughs> the I awkward sh- silence, too. I should have been like, just when you thought I couldn't get worse. And bam, I kicked you in the face. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Now, I always like picking the brains of people who come in just because we're we're in our own little bubble 
Sure. <laughs> you know Certainly. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the stereotype, and there, obviously there's exceptions, but it's like New York is a little more like about like comedians who are like good writers and sort of about the jokes, and you know that's the main focus. And New York is a place where you get good, and LA is a place where you get paid and you get you know writing gigs or other jobs. Yeah, and it might the stand up there might be a little bit more you know good performers on the performance versus writing you know spectrum that is going to be more people lean towards the performance versus the writing yeah. sort of thing but like uh, these days like a lot of people are going back and forth between them and you know there's sure. there's you know i think uh it's a stereotype that's got a little bit of truth but there's plenty of people you know who are the opposite yeah i think la comedians and i'm, I'm talking off of no experience whatsoever um which i'm good at but uh, i think it seems like la comics they adjust their comedy a lot because if they want to get that writing job on a TV show or or even get a spot on a TV show like a Kimmel or something like that, they kind of have to adjust their comedy, right? Because it's got to fit into a box. Whereas in New York, you're just you're gonna get the gruff, grindy kind of comedy. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm speaking out of. I mean, I, like I think when you're the actual gig, once you land it, yeah, the comedy you're writing is gonna be a little bit softer, or gentler, typically. Yeah. But I think I don't know. I think it's just more of an attitude of like you know, New York is a little more grimy and and dirty yeah. and oh, like I'm walking sketchy. In. And, yeah, it's just attitudey, and LA is a little more yoga and <laughs> and you know pleasantness <laughs> and sunshine. So I think just sort of like. Uh, You'll, that'll be reflected in the comedy that that you get from both. I think those maybe I I got that feeling from a little bit from what Bill Barr moved to L.A. Some of the things he said, and then also Anthony Jeselnik talked about how his writing skills weren't really fit in very well in L.A. <laughs> because of his comedy. He would get a job as a writer, and they would use like none of his jokes. Really? <laughs> well, he's super dark too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Well, that's cool. So I don't know. What you? Uh, what were your impressions of the shows this weekend? Super fun, schmiggities. Schmiggities. Hell of a name for a place. Like I said, I said uh, it sounds like a venereal disease. You know? <laughs> yeah. I would say it sounds like a slur for Irish people. Yeah, those goddamn schmiggities. Goddamn schmiggities moving in the neighborhood. Um, no, super fun. Like good crowds. Like uh, interesting mix of people. Everyone's super white. You know, not a lot of diversity here. So yeah. you know, I had my whole. Uh, you know, I, I, I had heard about the white powder. I didn't I know about all the white power here. <laughs> yeah. going on, you know? It's the only power we got. Yeah, it's like uh, you got white dudes in knit caps and white dudes in baseball caps you know all kinds here so um but yeah it's super fun and like you know i think a good mix of like tourists and locals so you get that like it's it's good when a crowd isn't like completely like you know exactly the same so i think it's cool to have like some of the the local flavor here and then yeah. clearly people were in from out of town and you know you guys were great other comedians you know fun to see what's going on in the local scene yeah thanks buddy up and you know uh you know it's just sort of a, a good time i enjoyed it yeah awesome i appreciate that yeah we had a great turnout and uh, yeah, a ton of tourists. That's how it's been lately. I've I've been doing everything I can to market to locals, and it's all that none of them come <laughs> anymore. <laughs> it seems like it's all tourists in the last couple of shows. I did have a lot of people from the mountain. I I've been doing like a deal for like the ski employees get like half off tickets and stuff, and it's working pretty well. Yeah, totally. I like I like that gig too because. Those guys need half price. I mean, yeah. They work for the mountain. And also, like, it incentivizes them to go. Because one of those things where if I was like, hey, tickets are 10 bucks, they'd be like, mm, I don't know. But I'd be, if I'm like, tickets are 20 bucks, but I'll give you half off, they're there like, you what a deal. <laughs> you know? Everyone loves a bargain. Everyone loves a bargain. So, hey, um, and like I pointed out on Friday night, it's the same price for a show now that it was back in November and December. Ste Steamboat Comedy is the only thing that hasn't gone up in price over right? the last like two months. We are inflation proof. <laughs> we <maybe>. are. We, <laughs> we're just charging the same flat rate. We need a supply chain crisis to justify a rate increase. <laughs> yeah, right. We're out of microphones. There you we go. We yeah, we had to special order microphones. <laughs> yeah. We had to fly them in. I did try, dude. I've been trying to buy just a regular wooden stool to have on stage. Yeah, yeah. The wooden stool market is out of control. You can't do it. I, I went through Walmart for hours, and the, every single one of them was sold out. And the only one I could find was like 80 bucks for a stool. Crazy. And I they're was like, all, I'm not just out of principle. I'm not paying 80 bucks for a stool. They're all on some ship in the Pacific in a crate. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stuck or something. Apparently. So last night at our show, we had a band playing after us, mm -hmm. and they had like so much equipment on stage that we had like a, about a little five foot by five we foot. Were little, we, we were boxed in. We were boxed in. Comedy hallway. <laughs> What's kind of the worst? Stage situation. Oh yeah, what's the before. what's the worst setup you've ever been in? I did a college gig in Maryland that was inside a school cafeteria <laughs> that was like the size of a football field. 
and there was like uh, all the way in the back people on computers and then there's like eight of them then in the middle like 50 yards down like eight people playing Magic the Gathering (laughs) and then in front just like four people and the school mascot who wandered in in the middle of my set in this giant like bird outfit <laughs> and, and just sat there and like the only way I could tell he was laughing was like his beak would just like move up and down was he doing like like laugh like motions like, no oh. no he just like and like and then you know stuck around for like 20 minutes and then just walked out I was like did I just hallucinate that like <laughs> like, like was I just bombing so hard that I started tripping yeah, and just imagine that. that there was like this bird mascot here just <laughs> nodding at my jokes with his giant beak <laughs> And uh, yeah, so then I just you know kept powering through and be like, all right, Magic the Gathering people, I hope you enjoyed that, and just took my paycheck and went home, you know. But it was a decent paycheck. I mean, sometimes the people who know the least what they're doing pay the most. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah the college like, gigs are the best ones, is what people say money wise. Uh, yeah, but you're paying a price with your soul. So yes, I've heard that. Like, as you well. know, it's, is it worth it to you? In that, in that end, is kind of the question. Well, I've heard too. A lot of comics are like, I don't want to do college gigs anymore because they're so hypersensitive about what you say. Yeah, my commie would never. <laughs> no, <laughs> mine probably wouldn't either. No, probably not. Probably yeah, not. Your, your bombing Ukraine joke might have a yeah, t- yeah. might be a tough sell there. Yeah. You know? what, that's <laughs> not funny. Too yeah. soon. Um, but yeah, it's like I don't know. It's also I mean, co- comedians love bitching about that all the time. It's also I think like hey, it's just like it's sort of like surfing or like if if that's where the culture is then you can either fight against it or ride it or like do you also to me it comes down like do you really care about this joke this joke that's offending these people is it something you really believe then go for it then go through with it if it's not then just like move on because it's like maybe like you know 20 year olds are thinking different than 50 year olds now and you just gotta like accept that because that's what happens in societies you know a lot yeah, absolutely. There's always like a cultural turnover, and it's. I, I guess it's, to me, it's just sort of like the people who are complaining and offended and like you know super woke about stuff. That to me is super tiring, and I'm over it. But also the people who like their whole thing is complaining about yes. cancel culture and about how people are too woke. Yeah. That also seems super hack to me. And like, yeah. yeah, we get it. You know, it's like just both sides just seem to me like unoriginal thinkers just sort of spouting the same talking points i'm like i don't know none of you are saying anything interesting what, right do you have an interesting perspective on like cancel culture or people getting offended then that i'm down for but if you're just going to complain about it on either side it's like yeah i've heard it before let's, yeah. let's move on with our lives i mean kind of just how america is on everything right i mean kind of pretty much people just humans love to bitch yeah <laughs> you yeah. know or, or pick a tribe it's yeah. like which team yes. are you and i'm like i i, I to me like the, the cool thing about comedians is you're no team you're your own right. team yeah. you're one you know, you're team. just like as soon as you start to sense that you're part of like some tribe or mob where everyone agrees with you you need to move in the other direction because that's not going to be funny you know like right. like or interesting or unique so as soon as like any i also don't like any like mob scene or any group where everyone agrees with me nothing disturbs me more than being around a bunch of people who agree <laughs> with me like, like what is wrong with you yeah. people what, yeah. what happened to you yeah you know, don't like, like I, what i said i, I barely I think like i need what to I said. switch teams here and like figure something else out <laughs> Seriously, and I always loved like Jerry Seinfeld. I, like w- one of the, my favorite things that he ever did. He w- he won some comedy award, like the American Comedy Award, or some fancy thing. And he comes up and he's giving his acceptance speech. And he's like, "I got to be honest. I don't think comedians should be accepting awards. This is the opposite of comedy. Me being up here taking you where I should be. Comedian, like every comedian should be in the back row making fun of this entire award show. <laughs> and I always thought that's that's the true mentality of a comedian. Yeah. Like you don't want to be the the hero or the champion, and everyone agrees with you like you should be in the back making fun of the hypocrisy of everyone else whatever is flawed in this whole situation exactly yeah exactly no i like that i was wondering uh when you did uh your uh q joke and then you (laughs) make the comment about the catholic church i was waiting to see if you were going to get anything i was just waiting to see if there was going to be some karen out there that was going to be like hey i'm catholic or yeah well i think it's pretty well documented what these (laughs) catholic priests have been up to if if you just found out about it through me (laughs) oh man we really we really gotta talk about some stuff here you're not gonna like what uh, what what the boston globe had to report for decades yeah (laughs) like i'm your news source on the catholic church being up to some shenanigans (laughs) well you're in for a rough Right. Yeah, welcome to 1995. Yeah. I also feel like Catholic people, they're like, yeah, we did that. What? Whoopsie. You know, like, <laughs> Catholic people don't seem to be offended when you're like, yeah, all your priests are pedophiles. You're like, 
Not all of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, all right. It's like, what, I guess what else can they say at this Exactly. Point? <laughs> you're just sort of like, sometimes you just got to take it. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah some I'm not talking about the altar old. boys. I'm talking about the Catholics. Hey. All right. Oh. All right. All right. <laughs> Where's the snare? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else I was going to talk about. I just had something in my head and now it just disappeared. Like all of my. That's Good the weed. ideas. The weed's working. It's the weed, dude. Yeah, you're too young for that to start happening. Yeah, fuck. That's more stuff my that, age. That's how I know edibles are working for me is like I'll start a sentence <laughs> and like midway through the sentence, I'll be like, I don't remember where this was going. So I was going <laughs> to... Yeah. That's always been the problem because I like performing stone, but I also... I avoid it for the most part just because of that, just like the memory stuff and like just that 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 your slight delay of like brain functioning that yeah. I'm like, like sometimes you, yeah, know, you, little... need, you need every part of your senses but like it can be fun sometimes you guys ever perform stoned or it's you're too out? late for me man yeah. I, I, I'm, like, you know Matt Matt doing his jokes last night uh, about you know like buying weed and like like the way I used to have to do it and I'm like the way you used to have to do it dude I was buying weed when you were like in diapers I smoked myself into just completely always being slow and forgetful <laughs> yeah, i know well I, i'm old too like buying weed it used to be like you got weed and now people are like oh what kind is it is it indica sativa was it this blend i'm like i'm like i don't know it's just weed yeah, it's that's just all weed. i like we were just happy yeah. if it was weed if it got you high in any way right we're like bring it on like, you know? cool and now people are doing that with mushrooms too i was i got some shrooms recently and someone's like oh what kind are they i was like i didn't know there were kinds yeah, yeah. there it's, are it's but the kind that's gonna make me hallucinate it, that's rare. that's the type yeah it's <laughs> yeah. really fine the, somebody that actually knows, though. Like, but I think it's coming. I think that's a sign. Yeah. Like, yeah. What happened with it. weed ten years ago is now happening with shrooms, where yeah. people people are going to be like shroom sommeliers or whatever. I heard one of my roommates were like, "Oh, I got some of these mushrooms. They're uh, what do you call them? Golden teachers." Mm, I've heard that name. Something like that, yeah, and yeah. I was like, "Wait, what?" Like, like yeah. that was the first. I was like, "Oh, you know the name of it." The, the yeah. first names I ever knew was when I was living in Telluride. I had because they have a mushroom festival in Telluride. Oh, really? But it's like like regular mushrooms, but of course. Course the, the fun ones find their way in as well, <laughs> as and do. everybody comes from around the country, and they were called Microsofts, and <laughs> so they because they, they'll buy your business. They bought no, they grow underneath the security lights at the Microsoft plant in Redmond, Washington. That's hilarious, and they, they have these really powerful security lights that are on. 24-7 or whatever. Yeah. So they grow underneath those lights and all these hippies will sneak out there at nighttime and like crawl in their bellies and sniff all these mushrooms out and then it sounds great, but it also sounds like the kind of story that a bunch of stoners would believe. Yeah, right. You know, a bunch of people on shrooms would be like, I can't believe well, that, man. We got to thank Bill Gates for this trip we're on right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, your question, um, so I was doing edibles uh, recently with my shows because I was using it to calm my nerves. I was mm. having some nerve issues, like being nervous on sure, stage. Sure. And I, it just started one day and then I couldn't get rid of it so i was using edibles and that was kind of helping like you know a couple edibles and a drink or two and i'd feel a little bit more relaxed on stage but smoking weed and trying to do a show no man i can't think at all like i get up there and i'm like oh see smoking doesn't do as much to me the edibles are what get me but yeah. I, I hear you edibles just make me feel good smoking drowns my head yeah yeah go, i get that oh. the microsoft's thing is interesting because the uh, the other type of shroom that i've heard i think it's called penis envy which i'm always like yeah what, what a strange name for a mushroom i'm yeah. like who's the guy who came up with that <laughs> you know he's like i'm gonna make you all say penis envy so i'm not the only one all right <laughs> yeah. and, he's like, and pulls he, out the mushroom he's like man i wish my dick was as big as this mushroom and they were like what and he's yeah. like, oh, well, I mean, uh, it's what it's called is a penis envy. And then <laughs> right? some other guy was like, and I got Microsofts. <laughs> no, it's from Microsoft. I wasn't talking about my dick. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's, and I got micro penis, <laughs> Microsoft uh, software. I have uh, flaccid shrooms. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they crossbreed them. I got the micro penis. There yeah. you go. I got micro penis envy. Oh, man. Maybe it's just hard all the time and you get the soft envy. And you, you were making fun of, uh, in fact, uh, Reed Bellamonte, who lives here in the house. You were just talking to him out in the living room. He said, uh, uh, one of his favorite jokes last night. We're not in a house. We're in a fancy studio. Yeah. What are you talking <laughs> the, about? The Steamboat Comedy Studio, <laughs> yeah. dude. What are you talking uh, about? But he was saying that he liked uh, when you were making fun of microdosers. I take a, what did you call it? A lethal amount? Heroic dose. And a heroic, heroic dose. dose. Yeah. That's Terrence that, McKenna, right? He yeah, said yeah. that cracked him up the most. And he goes, I love when, but 
I've actually loved microdosing. So yeah, I, was, I get it. I I'm not actually no, anti-microdose, I know. I know. but I am. Here's the thing. I think there's this whole movement in our culture right now where we're trying to make like drugs safe for soccer moms. And so like government officials will get on board and make it like uh, an acceptable thing in society. And so I'm happy people are out there doing that. That's great. And they need to pitch it as like, this is therapeutic, this is medicinal, and you should do it in a clinic with a licensed, you know, therapist or guide who will take you through all this. And this is what has to happen in our society in order to make stuff legal or, you know, whatever medical version of that is. And so I get that. And I'm happy they're doing that work. But I also want to just grab people and be like, also, you can take a proper dose of mushrooms. (laughs) You can take the real amount, go out into the woods, have a great conversation with your friends and realize the transcendent nature of the universe and experience ego loss. And that is also valuable as opposed to just taking a little bit. So your hands don't shake or you're more creative at work or something like that you know just like like there's something about like this uh the the original way to do it which was like you know giving it to like you know a boy becomes a man in some ceremony and you take him out in the woods and you give him a heroic dose of shrooms and he realizes the nature of the universe and like Mm -hmm. i want to advocate for that as well as opposed to just the soccer mom version that i think is is happening in a lot of our societies yeah that's me on my soapbox about like taking a proper. I'm just saying, take the proper dose. Like a micro dose is, it's like uh, too little. Yeah, it, take it a is. proper yes. dose of mushrooms. But I would like to do. I've, I've, I haven't done it yet, and I and I and I, I'm reluctant to do it like at a show. I'd be more willing to do it like at an open mic. But I've wanted to micro dose and try a comedy because yeah, yeah. I I certainly have a different level. When I'm on mushrooms, sure, sure. Uh, I have friends that are like, dude, I I just love to trip with Drew because he'll make me pee my pants. He'll, he'll just keep me laughing yeah, nonstop. Yeah. Um, but that's weird because yeah, that's not how my first mushroom experience was. Mine was in a condo over at the Powder Ridge condominiums across town here in Steamboat. Oh yeah. And I was like, I was young. I didn't do any drugs. My gateway drug was mushrooms. Nice. I did wow. mushrooms. You did be- mushrooms before weed. Before weed. Wow. Yeah. I was uh, anti-drug. I was pretty straight laced. And I had all these guys, they would always try to give me do mushrooms. And I'd always be like, no, 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 no. I was like, well, or they want me to smoke weed. And this I was is, like, you were how old? 20, 22, 21, wow. 22. That's I wild. I was 23 when I, when I ate I think mushrooms. I smoked weed for the first time I was 13. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, was, I was offered weed all the time, especially yeah. living in ski towns. Yeah. And I was always like, no, especially I don't do that. Especially looking the way you do. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't look quite this way then. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, I don't do that. No, I don't do that. And then I'd always tell people, but if I had mushrooms, I've always wanted to see what it'd be like to see a pink elephant like walk across my front yard That's or something. Well, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And then by the time they were like, oh, really? And then by the time they would find mushrooms or something, they'd come to me up and be like, no, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And then one night I was... It, in a s- situation with a bunch of people I didn't know, and we'd been partying all day, and these guys wanted me to do a bong rip, and I was like, "No, I don't do that." I was like, "But you know, if someone had mushrooms, I'd totally be into that." And they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> literally." It was like, "Oh, hold on a second, open a drawer." You manifested. Like, you, you manifested. Yes, and they were all, and I'm sitting there looking at, it, and my buddy's like, Dude, "You got to do it now." Careful what you wish yeah, for. Yeah, right? uh, but it was a great time. Yeah, yeah there it, you go. it led to me smoking weed that night and getting laid. Like two weeks later, I lost my virginity because I ate mushrooms. My my senator, Republican senator dad, is turning that off when he hears me talk about <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> well, I have another mushroom psychedelic related rant, which is about people who complain about having bad trips. Or everyone's afraid of a bad trip. Or oh, I had this bad trip once. Yeah. And it's like I just want to emphasize set and setting. Like, yes. cause anytime someone tells You're me about a, a bad McKenna trip, fan. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, let me, let me stop you right there. Were you at like some music festival with 18 people that you don't know and you got lost? And then there was like, it's always the same story yeah. of like, you were in a place where you shouldn't be doing mushrooms with people who you shouldn't have been doing mushrooms with and you didn't have the right mindset. Yes. It's like, be with people, you know, and love and in like the woods or uh, by the ocean. Great or sand some, dunes are awesome. Sand like, dunes are a great, great spot. Yeah. And, I just love being in the woods. And go in with the right mindset of like, you want to be doing it. And and you're in that right headspace. And yeah. then I find it's pretty rare to like people have bad trips, but usually they're just going in and doing it in the worst possible environment. And they're like, yeah, so I don't like shrooms. I'm like, no, you don't like yeah, music festivals with people you hate. Yes. No, <laughs> yeah, you, exactly did, you didn't it. follow the instructions. Yeah. I tell people like mushrooms are like a, like a hammer or any other tool. You can use it to build a house. Or you can use it to smash your own dick off. You know, you got to <laughs> figure out how to do it right. That was the last time. We're back to the penis envy. Yeah, yes. 
circle. <laughs> that was the one. the The last really bad trip I had was at a music festival, and it was See? I did I did everything exactly wrong. I I was coming down off other drugs, and I took more than I had taken probably before, and I took it by myself. Oof. Yeah. And I just had I ended up hiding in my tent. Just like middle of the day, it was probably like three yeah, in the yeah. afternoon, and I like ran and hid in my tent for like three hours. It was the worst trip I've ever fucking had in my whole life. But also like some of the best times I've ever had have been on mushroom trips. I'm with you. I'm with you. Change my Me and life. Reed have had a couple. We had one in college where it was like snowing, and we just went like like five year olds like ran through the woods and were like just dumping snow on each other, and like the storm rolled in. Ah. Oh. Such a great time. Sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, like Michael Pollan writes all about psychedelics, and he uses this phrase I like, which is the betterment of the well. Because a lot of times we're now we're always talking about like therapeutic value and people who are depressed or anxious and they yeah. shake and get better. But there's also you can be fine and take mushrooms and get even better. Yeah, you know, so it doesn't need to be curing some sure. illness that you have. You can just be fine and be like, but I want to see more. I want to know more. Sure, I wanna... oh, it broke me out of my shell. Totally. I was, I was a like. Oh, I don't do that. And you guys shouldn't smoke weed, type of guy. Like I was kind of a, kind of a douche, really. Well, cause <laughs> and I ate mushrooms, and it just it like cracked all that shell well, off. Because of that's that control stuff. It's ego. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. a lot of people are like well, I don't like this. I don't like that. That's your ego being afraid of yeah. what you might have to confront or deal with if you actually like let go. And so I feel like a lot of people have like control issues. They're like, no, I don't. I don't like that. It's like, well, you just need to keep your hands on the steering wheel at all times. Absolutely. You know? it's like, it's sometimes, you know, things can happen if yeah. you sometimes surrender you a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't, I mean, I know you talked about it a little bit. I didn't know that you were such a mushroom fan. Oh, yeah. Ayahuasca, too. You ever hear about that? Oh, yeah. Have you done it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what was that like? Was it wild? It's the most significant spiritual experience of my life. Did yeah, you go down to South amazing. America to do it? I've done it in Peru, but most of the times I've done it, I've been in America and New York, actually, wow. with a Peruvian shaman. I, I have it's called what I'm not familiar with. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. It's, Ayahuasca. Uh, so, the, the way I describe it is it's a hallucinogenic tea that comes from the Amazon and you do it in a ceremony with a shaman. And I wish there was a way I could talk about it, it without it sounding a, like a douchebag. But, but there is, it, isn't. All right. Is it a plant or is it's, it like, it's from a it's root? Goat, you got a sperm it's, or it's something? It's a vine that grows <laughs> in the vine. Amazon. OK, so it's a plant. And it's, a, it's DMT and this vine mixed together. Yeah. And so it's a whole sort of brew that uh, is concocted. Yeah. You drink it, though. I kind of, when I was younger, I always wanted to do, like, a pay- go to the desert do a big peyote yeah, thing. You're but, still young. Ah, uh, man, I, I'm kind of fading my way out of all that. I, I, right. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say out of life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm turning 50 this year, and, I, you know, I got a, a 10-year-old, or an 11-year-old, and a 9-year-old. It just doesn't really fit in my life. In I got you. I got after you. one of our comedy shows one night, a guy was at the at the at the club and he's like hey i got some lsd and i was like man back in the day back <laughs> when i was about kyle's age was like around 30 late my late 20s 30s i was i had i was just dosing five days a week like i was doing a ton that's intense of that's yeah, intense yeah. that's a lot ton of ass. so i was like i was like dude ass used to be my thing but i hadn't done it in 20 years and he asked me if i wanted to do something and i was i was like yeah sure why not i haven't done that and then <laughs> i did it and then we hung out for a while and then i went home and i had like eight more hours <laughs> Set, set and setting. I'm but telling had, you exactly because it was. I have my wife upstairs. I got kids in the house. I didn't have that the last time I yeah. did LSD, <laughs> <laughs> and it made a total difference, you know. And I'm sitting downstairs in my living room, and I'm playing fish, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh, it's too loud," but it's on like volume one. You know, <laughs> yeah. normally I'd have it like on ten, and it wouldn't bother the family. Yeah, on one, and I'm like, "Oh, it's too loud." Well, yeah. they're gonna come downstairs <laughs> and find me. You're very considerate <laughs> when you're yeah. tripping. That's, I didn't that's a good get quality. Caught. Yeah. <laughs> Now she's gonna listen to this podcast and the cats out. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You gotta plan well when you take psychedelics. But the kind of people who take psychedelics are terrible at planning. It's a vicious vicious cycle. Yeah, you're you're really in the weeds. And I don't like. I mean, I like mushrooms a lot. LSD is just it takes so long. Yeah, it's just too. I'm more of a shroom over LSD kind of guy too. But it's just sort of how what I came up on. You know. Yeah. 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 I guess and I did. I, I like natural. I like, like shit that comes from the ground as opposed to a laboratory. Yeah, too. weird lab from who knows here. where. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much my rule nowadays. It's got to grow. It's a good one. I'm a you know the so the ayahuasca. What yeah. you know a lot of different realizations, but one of them is about like just the level of plant intelligence and how plants are running the universe. How like 
like this wood is actually a plant like these walls are made out of plants yeah. what we eat is made out of plants or eats other plants yeah and, like plants are like like and like if you just look at them like they are co conscious and like growing towards the yeah. light and like l communicating with each other and protecting each other in the forest you know if there's a, a one tree is getting poisoned by some birds it'll communicate to trees on the other side yeah and it's like oh wait a minute are plants like running the universe and we're just like have the ego that makes us think that we're the ones who are in charge yeah of stuff just and just sort of us. on this depthful <laughs> level of being like oh wow i never realized just how like intelligent plants are because yeah. it's this subtle intelligence that goes over like thousands of years instead of like an sat test or something right no that's wild and that's that's part of like the origin of ayahuasca is rogan joe rogan talks about ayahuasca a lot but i remember one of the things he brought up was that the the two things that you combine to make it yeah there's like no reason why anyone would just do that yeah so they're so they're like they're like how did they find out and they're like like the if you ask the shamans on there like oh like the trees told us yep. to do this and it's like fucking what yeah, well, yeah i believe the trees have told you a lot of things yeah probably <laughs> well so much is like that like who figured out how to make bread <laughs> like who was the guy who's like oh we gotta get this flour we gotta take the yeast we, we gotta, gotta do this we gotta yeah and it's gotta take this long and it's gonna rot like like, I think there's just a lot of trial and error. There was a lot of people who died along the way figuring out which things we should mix yeah, and right. which, which berries and plants to eat. And it was just <laughs> sort of like a you know, trial and error thing where eventually now we've filtered down most of the time to the things that actually work. But yeah, yeah I think uh, you're just in the jungle and you're bored. You're like, all right, let's grab this yeah. vine and this one and put them in a pot and see what happens. And let's eat it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, or whatever. That's a, a Spencer has a bit well, about that Spencer, that I like. I He's got a, it's like that. the first guy who got drunk. And it was just oh, like, yeah. he's a buddy of ours who does like open mics and he's just like, I won't do the whole bit, but it's like, uh, like we got this rotten fruit we're going to throw out. And some brave guy was like, give me that rotten fruit. <laughs> Let me try this out. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I'm going to fight all of you. And also I'm going to fuck your sister. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is this fruit? <laughs> yeah, this fruit is insane. <laughs> then the next day he's hung over the first hangover and he's like, this is it. I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah. I lived to 27. I'm pretty old. That's funny. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good bit. Uh, well, I mean, I know we got to get going. Yeah. What do you got coming up? Uh, let's see. Well, we're on our way to Boulder, but that won't, no one will listen to this before yeah. then. This will be uh, tomorrow, let's probably. see. I'm going to be in Hartford, Connecticut at uh, City Steam Brewery, uh, middle of the month, and then North Carolina, Asheville, Raleigh, Durham. Uh, if you go to like uh, my social stuff, Matt Ruby Comedy on Instagram, mm -hmm. mattrubycomedy.com. I'm on Twitter. The other stuff I post, you know, tour dates there. Sweet. And yeah, and then I'm in New York City. Uh, weekly shows at Comedy Cellar on Tuesday night, and New York Comedy Club on Wednesday night. So I'm I'm out and about telling jokes. You know, Could just reach out. I'll tell you where I'm at. How do you book your tours? Uh, Da, 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 me on a keyboard being like, oh, hey, you I'm, I'm funny. Agent or no, anything I like mean, that. like, uh, I, most of the stuff I do, I'm just doing on my own. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It seems like my, most comics that I've booked out here, I know some of them have agents or managers and stuff, but I never talk to them. Yeah. So I'm always kind of curious how, like, that relationship works. Well, it's works. also, it's like, if you're, like, a big draw, then, you know, you're making more money and you can, you know, you're giving a percentage to someone for making it all happen, but I'm still at a stage where I'm like, okay, like, I need all the money I'm getting paid on this gig. Mm -hmm. and I, But also, I like doing shows where there's, you know, okay, there's 50 or 70 people there. To me, that's still, like, a cool room to do and get out there and do it, you know. I'm of the mindset, you know, as long as I'm not losing money on the show and it's like a cool place that I want to go to anyway, like coming here and being yeah. able to ski and stuff is great and just sort of like uh, having an adventure, you know? We had a, uh, when the Chief Theater was going, I was good friends with the guy that ran it and uh, he he would hire uh, comedians out of Denver and uh, one in particular, uh, he hired him through a booking agent mm -hmm. and then when the comedian came up and did the show, he said, yeah, I'd love to come up here and do more shows. Here's my number. Don't call the booking agent. Yeah, yeah. And I always thought, man, I think the booking agent would be pretty pissed off if he found out that he was you know, doing that, you know? Because yeah. he'd be like, hey, what are you doing, man? Well, that's like the Airbnb where you just like work out a side deal with the guy renting the place. And he's you know, like, let's not go through Airbnb. We don't need these people. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you keep that half the commission. I'll keep half. We don't need to bring them into it, you know? But you, so when you're booking your stuff, though, you have a lot of credentials, right? You've been around a long time. You've done a lot of shows with uh, other comedians and sure. stuff. So you have, is that how you book it? Like, how, like, how do you? I mean, I've got, you know, a couple albums and a special and, you know, uh, so cre you credits. And like, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I try to reach and like, if I have 
you know, the good thing about New York is you got like friend, like other comedians all around from all over the country too. So if I'm going to Seattle, I might reach out to like a comic I know from Seattle and be like, hey, is, what's a good show to do there? Sure. And you know, yeah. that kind of voucher referral can help a lot. So I think that's that's a nice thing. And then, yeah, I mean, just sort of, you know, being funny and having some evidence of it that you can show to people and, sure. you know, being flexible also helps too. Like sometimes if you just got some tentpole dates, like, okay, I'm going to Asheville, North Carolina, and then I'm like, okay, what's around there? And be like, hey, I'm going to be in town on, on this, this week. What do you have? And like sometimes that you know, is a good way to like fit in. And then, you know, opening up for other comics and featuring, and then, you know, you do a good job and then, you know, tell the, the booker there, hey, I'd love to come back and headline sometime. And, you know, there's, you know, so you're just sort of hammering away from all different kinds of angles, really. Yeah. Yeah. Networking always goes a long way. Just in Yeah. General. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, you know, cliche, but who you know, it's totally helps with just kind of getting your foot in the door for a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I got a, uh, our buddy Corey comes up here all the time, and I'm going to Denver next weekend. So I just text him. I was like, "Hey, you got a spot for me somewhere?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll find you something." Totally great. Yeah, yep. that kind of stuff goes a long way. Uh, yeah, so we can go ahead and wrap there. It's Thanks a pleasure, for having buddy. me, guys. Yeah. yeah, great, fun weekend. Appreciate yeah. it. We yeah, it was you. awesome. Let's love do it again. Let's do it again sometime. And yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'll be at Banded Oak Brewery in Denver next week on Friday with Corey. With Corey, yeah, yeah. it's a show yeah. he runs. That it should be a good time. Uh, and then. For those who are new listening, I know we got some people that came out of the shows like, oh, Steamboat Comedy Podcast, we'll check it out. So for those of you guys uh, just tuning in, uh, check SteamboatComedy.com for all of our events. We still got the Spelling Bee every Wednesday, open mic every Tuesday. Our next schmiggity show is the 24th and 25th. We only have two more shows for the winter. Yeah, so yeah. we got uh, Robbie Bernstein's coming in the last weekend of March, and then two weeks later for closing weekend, we got Eddie Ift is coming up. Nice. So... Should be a great time. And my favorite part is none of these guys look anything like their headshots. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Bernstein looks like he's 18 years old. Yeah, in his I think that's a 20-year-old. Yeah. yeah, that's him in the corner right there. Yeah, yeah he does not look like when that. When Jackie and Kevin <laughs> Flynn came through town, they were like in their 50s. Their shots were from when they were in their 20s. It was like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> Fake it till you make it, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, you I'd, still had hair in yours. That's, uh, <laughs> tell me about it. Not, not, now, now it's getting depressing. Hold up. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, yeah, I know, Drew. Thanks. Cut that part out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time, guys. Thank you. Bye. Rain or shine, it's here to make you laugh. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. It's the Steamboat Comedy. Podcast.